Welcome to Thirst for Knowledge Podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Steve Hendrickson, and with me, as always... It's your boy, Lawrence. That's right. Honestly, not even sure if this is episode 21. I think it is. I just kind of spitballed that. I I I fact-checked it. You fact-checked it? it? All right, cool. Turns out, I don't want Twitter to get on us. Ooh, I don't think Twitter cares enough about our episode numbers. We could probably get away with just, you know throwing random episode numbers on things and uh just yoloing it from there but <laughs> man we can mar we can marvel it and go like this is uh thirst for knowledge episode 2099 <laughs> episode episode or what is it days of episode 22 past oh yeah even better yeah oh just just as long as we don't do like certain things like what if but <laughs> <laughs> what if <laughs> Uh, I mean, this, there could be some hot takes. Like, what if Lawrence was white? Episode twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that curveball. <laughs> you got to have fun with it. That's a what if. <laughs> let's come on. Let's do reasonable what ifs. Like, what if Wild Nakata was a playable card in Legacy? Oof. What if? <laughs> what if? What if? What if the artifact lands could be unbanned in Modern because Mox Opal's gone? Maybe. What if? <laughs> All right, let's jump right into that. So, uh, the ban list update, Mox, Opal, Oko, and Micasynth Lattice, uh, gone. Um, Mox Opal, not a shock to me. <clears throat> Mox Opal, like, or, or anyone, for real. Yeah, I think there were people who were actually shocked by Mox Opal. I saw some people say, like, Mox Opal got banned for Urza's Sins. And, like, maybe it, maybe I'm just old and jaded, but when I got into modern... Like the conversation of ban Mox Opal basically was just ever present for years. And I remember like the people around me and myself building decks based on the likelihood something would get banned. So it's like, yeah, I'm not going to like have the best deck in the format, but I'm going to have like blue, eye red control. I'm going to have like Jund. I'm going to have like this deck that's playable for an extended period of time. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Jund? Jund? Yeah. yeah. As in Bloodbraid Elf Band, Deathrite Shaman Band, Jund? Uh, I I was talking about post those bands. Okay. But even then, <laughs> like even then, right? Like the bands of Bloodbraid Elf and Deathrite Shaman weren't super costly. Those cards weren't above $10. It's not like a Mox Opal where you're losing, you know, $100 bills to uh, the Banhammer. It's just you're losing chump change it's not the biggest deal i know people like when bloodbraid elf got banned there are people who are just like oh my god jund is dead it just can't function anymore without the the bloodbraid elves and then it did and it's still one <laughs> yeah it just wasn't an issue well they banned bloodbraid elf instead of deathrite shaman and then jund just played four colors free with not even the full set of fetches like you know, that was cool. And then they banned Deathrite Shaman and Jund still existed. So who cares? But um yeah, I think that uh Mox Opal going isn't a shock. Oko isn't a shock. Mycosynth Lattice uh was surprising. Nah. Uh, that was like future so what's surprising about it is this. Besides the set future site, Wizards has had little future sites. And I believe that this was like an example of them going, 
Well, with us taking this stuff away, corn into lettuce will be a problem. And we're just going to take care of that because Oko has been there to check that corn. We had the corn come out and corn be a little bit of a problem in, in modern. But then Oko came out and corn went quickly away. And I think like they didn't want like well, a corn deck. Corn didn't go away, but it it didn't like dominate the format. It, like Eldrazi Tron was still doing well. You had uh, Yama Killer constantly like, crushing tournaments with it. And a few other people doing consistently well. Jonathan Zhang, uh, I believe, as well. He qualified for the Pro Tour fairly recently in a Canadian modern tournament with the deck. So it was putting up reasonable numbers. I think the I understand why they ban Lattice. It feels a bit preemptive to me, but I, I get it, right? Like, you, you ban opal you ban oko so you can assume the mid-range decks of the format are gonna skew back towards <clears throat> these like thoughts he's based fair shells which are naturally gonna be a bit worse against these big mana decks so just give leaving the mana deck big mana decks this option of randomly top decking karn and then going hey i have 10 mana because tron lands are a thing in this format and just locking the game instantly. It, it makes sense to me, but well, and that's the, all uh, that's the other side of the equation. It doesn't provide a valuable gameplay. There's nothing good about that experience. Right? You know, they get to run an awkward at artifact at four copies in their deck without actually even running one. So it's kind of like, it's just a miserable experience. Get rid of it. I'm glad. Yeah, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked to see like people still play Eldrazi Tron with Karn. Like the Karn tutor package is still good. You can play more copies of um, Liquid Metal Coating if you want and yeah. still get a, like a pseudo lock. You can get that Rishton Port Effect or there was those decks that were floating around that uh, utilized the um, Liquid Metal Coating along with Ancient Grudge to create like a you know just a vindicate on a stick so you could also you can also just run like in staring bridge you know reasonable cards walking ballista whatever you know we can have a karn heliod deck <laughs> yeah i but, not have not every deck in modern needs to have this combo kill maybe maybe like maybe the uh, format is skewing to this point where you definitely need to have some sort of over the top thing you can do to just lock your opponent out of the game but maybe maybe not it's hard to say that format is a bit wild and like the questions are generally better than the answers and the stop gaps for the format are just barely holding on so i call it hostile that is a hostile <laughs> environment <laughs> where where there nobody is trying to be gentlemen they are just straight up knifing each other and calling it a day but I like Lattice being gone. Lattice is a miserable card. It doesn't provide any gameplay. Get rid of it. Mox yeah. Opal. Mox Opal, I'm fine. And Ape, I hope they come for you soon. Get rid of Simeon Spirit Guide. Get rid of all the free stuff. Free stuff is obnoxious. Yeah, I've been generally of the mindset of, like, get rid of fast mana and solely on principle for quite some time now. And uh, I'm not really sad to see Mox Opal go over the number of times that a Mox Opal deck has just been the best thing or been close to the best thing. You know, we've had 
a couple affinity decks. We've had a few combo decks, you know, eggs, um, KCI, which is basically eggs, and now Urza. So there's Mox Opal has had its time to shine. I feel bad for the people who ultimately lost a lot of money. Uh, you know, there are the the folks who are just like, yeah, I had, I owned. 17 mox opals and i am not sad that the card got banned it's like that's that's not really who's getting affected by these sort of things it's the people who are like the kids who are grinding up store credit at fnm week after week to try and get by and uh eventually they like build into their urza deck or whatever and then they they just like lose everything in one fell swoop so I would like to see some sort of stability in modern or come back to modern so that people can actually uh, feel comfortable with their investment. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I've always, I, I, I own multiple play sets of band cards and I'm okay with it, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not living and dying by my one deck. And I think a lot of takes on Twitter today were based off people who either borrow or have enough income and means to absorb it. And they were like, it's fine because it's a healthier format. And my issue with that, that context is you have to really think about, is it healthier if someone leaves magic? Because every time someone leaves magic, that's a, that's a harder resource to recapture. So that's think... my only, th- I, w- I want wizards to figure out a way to do something like they do. That would be super nice. I know it's easier on a digital co- product, but something, you know, because I think like in, AIDS, in in the days of past, it wasn't that bad. But 2019 has had a ton of banned cards in multiple forms. Uh, I don't count Pioneer because we knew going in, you were beta testing for them. But like, right, right. They were transparent about that. <clears throat> but these other formats, like, you know, you're having cards banned that are, you know, it's like they're not even, they don't care to test. So I don't think we've seen all the cards banned on Modern Horizons yet. I think right now we've got spotlights on certain cards and Throne of Eldraine actually pulled from how, how broken some of the cards from Modern Horizons are, you know, because the new set came out. So <clears throat> I also think there is a bit of an issue with the fairly rapid release schedule where it felt like a constant release schedule. It felt like a you know, every time a set dropped two or three weeks later, there was just another set dropping. And it's kind of felt like an endless cycle of just new things happening. And uh, what that's caused is like, uh, it. we haven't had the, you don't have enough time to like actually try out new cards before. Like you have to figure out new uh, investment or new interactions, right? So all of these cards keep coming out and then they get banned and then you slowly peel back the layers and realize like X card from an older set is kind of busted and that becomes the new boogeyman. So I don't know. I wish they would slow down in their printing schedule. Yeah. I mean, for me, the big thing was, I think they, um, I think that they just really didn't think like, I want to say, I really want like, I think that they were so excited about the power level and they wanted to push and then they had like we had War of the Spark, then Modern Horizons, then there, uh, not Theros, but um, Throne of Eldraine, and they just didn't really get a chance to like consider what they what they were doing with some like we don't even know the full impact of Run and Six on 
um, modern because like it started getting popular, but and it disappeared. Yeah, but that card is also way way more reasonable in modern, right? The the threshold of toughness in the format is higher than one, whereas like legacy, the th- toughness you know centralizes around one to two because of how the format forces you to maximize efficiency. So it's uh, like. Like the card's I don't know fine. That I don't know that though, because now that we have like no more Mox Opal, like now Noble Hierarch and Humans is back on the menu. Yeah, but like Ren and Six isn't gonna like single handedly body humans in modern like it did Legacy, right? Like you don't, don't have the you don't have the dazes, you don't have the wastelands to mess up their mana. You can't like consistently interact with them to keep their creatures X ones and like you don't you don't have like the wasteland lock, so it's a different dynamic. I get what you're saying that the ceiling of Ren and Six in Modern hasn't necessarily been discovered, but it's also just a significantly weaker card by the context of the format. I think like if you bolt into a Ren and Six into a Plague Engineer out of Jund, I think that humans gets bodied. Yeah, but if you if you like go interact a spell and to interact a spell into a lock piece regardless of what three things those are like if you go two arbitrary interactive spells into plague engineer against humans as jund you're probably still going to be equally as ahead like yeah ren and six gives you that extra equity of killing the x2s for free you're still kind of just doing the same curve that's going to interact with them in a favorable way for you. Right. But I think like, because you don't have to play the, the mopey manland, they come into play tap and you can just play Renin six. Like as that, as that, as that like long-term threat that also like gains you card advantage mm-hmm. and works towards an ultimate. Why would like, you play manlands? I think manlands are bad. You would at least play like two. It doesn't make sense to play zero unless the format is so hyper fast that, you can't afford to play, you know, a Raging Ravine tapped, but not think, having those mana sync is just absurd and John to me. Well, I was thinking because of the main land, because of the new um, Horizon lands and stuff like that, John can, with a new kind of mana sync and playing four running six. I don't know. I haven't tested it because I haven't wanted to because the Mox Opal deck existed and I didn't want to play Thoughtseize. So, yeah, yeah. Like, I, there's a clip on t- Twitch and if I, or Twitter twitter if i can find it it's from twitch um where someone in the the gp yesterday like went turn one and played their hand because of mox opal yeah and all i could think of was like if you have a thought seize wow aren't you just upset was that marcus <laughs> like, in the top eight yes shout yeah. out to the homie marcus luong uh great guy so <laughs> i was happy to see him top eight very good magic player turn mm-hmm. one land Turn one, what, land, goose, make a food, opal, uh, Mishra's Bobble, play Emery, uh, Mishra's Bobble, go. <laughs> it's just like, wow, I guess, sure. <laughs> like, But Stephen, <clears throat> Stephen, didn't you know? Mox Opal died for Urza's sins. Yeah. There, 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 was, a, there was a deck called, um, it started with an A. I don't know. A hmm, it's based on a mechanic out of Mirrodin. What was that called? Oh, Affinity. Did it do the same thing? Could it just poop its whole hand out on turn one with, without Urza? But Stephen, Mox Opal died for 
Arcbound Ravagers. <laughs> like, we can keep going down a list. There's been a ton of Mox Opal decks. Yeah, there's been infinite Mox Opal decks that have just, like, broken the back open of the modern format. It's, you know, it's kind of... Saying the card isn't egregious is, you know, just absurd. And it's... I don't know. You, you're having a fever dream. or. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, the conversation is, you know, it's it's getting kind of dark. But at the same time, like, if you think about it, like, there was what? We had the Lantern of Insight deck, right? Um, what was that, Lantern? Yeah, it was just Lantern. And that was a Mox Opal deck. There was um, any, I mean, the, the PCI the, deck. The older your format gets, the more likely that it's easier to break artifacts. And right. for, like, the, like, Legacy... You have, like, if an artifact deck starts popping up, people just play a bunch of null rods, and it becomes kind of a non-issue. That's what happened to the uh, Forge combo deck. Like, people just played null rod and actually graft Digger's Cage, because that just shut off that deck as well. Uh, and people realized that that deck was just hilariously frail. But, you know, Vintage, we've seen that, like, yeah, people are going to play null rod, but people are also playing null rod in shops, so you have like your right. 30 artifact deck with no rod. So it's just a different dynamic. So as long as you can play a deck that can pump out artifacts at a very fast rate uh, compared to the rest of the format without having very common and easy to play disruption, then you're going to crush. And we saw that happen in, you know, modern consistently every time a Mox Opal deck was like remotely playable. And then we also saw that happen in vintage pretty consistently well they can play like dismember right that's the issue like the only real no rod effects is a creature is a two mana creature and a four mana walker in modern i right. guess the two man the two mana white enchantment but nobody feels comfortable playing stony sense like that's kind of like who's playing white enough. or right. well who was right. playing white it was like right. the urza deck itself right like the so blue like, white <clears throat> the blue white x control decks all had to morph into stone blade shells to actually keep up with the format yeah so like i mean i think when you have to play white automatically you're kind of behind so that's like a yeah that's like also, waving the flag yeah also like uh the gen deck that made top eight of the gp yesterday had um two baron more two nurturing peatland and two raging ravine so that seems like the expected split yeah three Three Ren and six, two Bob, two Skews, one Fatal Push, three Assassin's Trophy, three Coligan's Command is, I guess that makes sense with Thursday, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I that's that's a good card, right? I mean, it's got a, you get a good rate on that card, so you're okay with that card. I'm not okay with like other cards I've seen in Jund recently, hailing back to their old days. But like, I didn't like when they were playing Liliana the Veil still. Because uh, this list has know, four. Yeah, I don't like that, man. Like Oko, uh, Oko and Urza seems like Lil- Liliana Vale is like terror. Uh, Liliana is kind of just integral to Jen's game plan, though, right? You have to. Your whole thing is getting people top decking, and she just like keeps that top decking happening. Also, Liliana plus uh, Ren and Six is a really messed up combo against a lot of these random fair decks. Like the, it's like Life from the Loam. Uh, Liliana and Agra alone, right? Like the asymmetrical Liliana is just completely messed up. Yeah. No, I I think if you're on a... It's a fine card for a balanced board state. I just worry that if you're not balanced... Like, if the board state's not 
clear I think she's an issue for the deck but I mean it's one of those things like I could be one million percent you know they might be clearing the way the whole way and then play to finish the game and that's fine too I just don't like the automatic like two for ones of Urza and Oko if that makes sense like Oko being able to like create a food and you play a lily and you get a a card from their hand and then they just like animate and attack it. It doesn't matter. Oko is gone and Urza is going to be a Thopter Sword deck again. Like, uh, there is also people playing like Jun splashing Oko. But anyway, <clears throat> let's not go further ooh, down this modern ooh. rabbit rabbit hole. Let's let's actually get into what we came here to do. The uh, Theros Beyond Death set review for mostly legacy i guess uh <laughs> mostly legacy basically yeah um i mean if just, we see a strong contender for modern we can shout it out but yeah birth of miletus isn't like really doing anything right like there isn't really a deck that wants that effect which what card uh birth of miletus it's the second row down on the oh, spoiler yeah. page okay it's so the saga yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. It it gets basic planes. That's a liability. Yeah, it just doesn't actually do enough. I guess you could, like, maybe play it in the sideboard of Miracles if, like, you're really worried about the burn player in your metagame. But, you know, getting specifically basic planes is kind of whatever. And creating an 0-4 wall is okay-ish. The gaining two... It's not really a good card. Um, <laughs> yeah, Real quick, the birth of Miletus, I guess. The saga, one and a white. Chapter one, search a library for basic planes, emit defeat. Chapter two, create an 0-4 colorless wall, emit defeat. Chapter three, you gain two life. I think that's all three, like, emit defeats. Like, in, none, in no situation does this win you the game or put you in a scenario where you can win the game. It's just trying not to lose the game, I think. Yeah, so, it seems like a fine limited card, right? Yep. Just like limited filler that you're willing to play. It gets a card out of your deck. It, you know, it slows down aggression. It gains you a little life, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Archon of Sun's Grace actually seems kind of reasonable and like enchantress to me. Um, uh, man, I don't know. I was really excited for this set because of uh, I play enchantress. I even dusted up my enchantress got it ready and nope i'm just I, why, this why might not be the, um it's a three four creature so it just like straight dodges a lot of removal it, it obviously doesn't dodge like plow oko and uh terminus but it's still a good like sideboard thing and in the green white enchantress list you can tutor for it so it's like a thing you can tutor up against delver at least and then as you just play your mopey wild growths or whatever, you get to make two two life linkers that trade with Delver or at least like shut down young Pyromancer. Well so, I can like see it as a one of. Interestingly enough, the card is actually only playable for, for an enchantress deck that's playing the Living Wish package, but not it's not an enchantment. It has constellation, but it's not an enchantment. Yeah. So you can't think, actually tutor it in their normal I, yeah, sorry. I thought I said Living Wish. I may have said a different card. Um, did I say like Idyllic Tutor or something? I'm, you just said I'm, Tutor. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I meant Living Wish. Uh, 
specifically. But yeah, I think they realized that um, having consolation on enchantment creatures was a bit much in terms of like making them a bit too potent. Uh, but maybe not. Like, if, well, if this was an if this was an enchantment creature, it'd have to be like five mana, maybe six. I would, well, say it was an enchantment at four. I would play this an enchantment enchantress all day, just because if it was an enchant enchantment and being able to tutor it with um, Sterling Grove and or it triggering, you know your your other effects, or being able to copy it with um, the blue Estrid's invocation, like it would make it like insane. As it stands, it's not a bad card. It's just like if you're if you have four mana, a four mana thing in play, and you have enchantments coming into play, you've already won with Enchantress. Like your game's over. And I sure, don't, I know it, you probably I know have your draw engine going, so I, I get what you're saying. Like it stabilizes against a Delver, but you're not afraid of Delver when you play Enchantress. Yeah, you're I was just thinking. That this is like maybe a fine random one of in your sideboard to tutor up again for random stuff. Um, but notably, like if this was an enchantment creature, it would be like six mana. There's no way that they would print five power worth of uh, life linking flyers on a four mana card, unless it was like a mythic. And in, well, they I mean, don't. There's, be... there, there's an uncommon two before it that's an enchantment creature that's a one mana one one life linker. Well, the point is, like, think of something like Wingmate Rock, right? To get uh, two, three, four flying bodies, you had to also attack that turn. They made you jump through hoops, but regardless, Arkham of Sun's Grace, you think it's not really playable. I think it's maybe one of Fringe playable in, you know, a tier three deck. So that functionally translates to not really playable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. I want it to be playable. I, I think that you could make it four and an enchantment and because there's a stipulation on it already. You have to play double white, and that's a stipulation. <laughs> like, Yeah, but if you're playing like um, Sarah Sanctum, that's that's kind of a non-issue, but, you know, I, yeah. it's whatever. Uh, this card, Dawn Evangel, whenever a creature dies, if an aura you controlled was attached to it, return target creature card with converted mana costs two or less from your graveyard to your hand. I could see something like that being played in like modern boggles, but I'm not sure it's actually good enough, right? It's a three drop and uh, the turns where your creatures are dying are probably like a Liliana the Veil turn or I guess a Damnation turn, but you already have the protection spells of um, the Totem Armor, so it's really rare that this card is actually going to trigger, so I'm off it already. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got nothing for it, man. That card's bad. Okay. Idle Line of Obstruction. Uh, people were talking about this. One in a white first strike. Loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers. Your opponent control costs one more to activate. It's a 2-1. Seems like an interesting card. It basically just reads, like, here's a 2-drop that you can play into Teferi the Time Raveler or Oko on the draw, you know, without getting completely time-walked. Um, I don't think this card really meets the standard of play or like it's, it's arguably worse than Phyrexian Revoker in Legacy, right? Uh, in terms of its ability to interact with Planeswalkers, but it's, it's a nice start. It's just like, you know, white. I think this card is bonkers. Um, I own my issue with the card is, is 
you can't play it in D without playing like uh, an enlightened tutor or something like that because and you have to be then thinking ahead of time because you really if you don't play enlightened tutor you have to play four of it and I don't think it's that good like I think it's great against like the decks that they wanted on but they have to have four of them and then I don't think they want to play see I think this card is like playable in a more aggressive shell where you can actually pressure planeswalkers or like force people to play cards within a certain window DNT isn't necessarily as aggressive as you'd want to be to leverage something like this like a you know what's the, <clears throat> this card is functionally just like a a more v- vulnerable version of um suppression field yes and also like way more narrow and like I can say from experience that suppression field doesn't completely shut down walkers like it slows you down a bit but if you're able to get slightly ahead or able to sweep the board or whatever give yourself a turn or two you're still able to get enough of an advantage to just not care about the effect and this being this is one of those situations of um i'd rather this wasn't on a creature because it makes it way easier to interact with and i'd rather just be a straight up enchantment um i'd rather be a soldier a soldier spirit. Why is this man not a soldier? Look at his picture. He looks like a soldier. I mean, he should be a soldier spirit. Enchantment. Let let legacy soldiers come back. I'm pouring one out for soldiers. Uh, <laughs> I I still think it would be better. As I I really just don't see this card being better than um, suppression field in most situations. And I wish there was a little more. But I I like what they're doing. I like the idea of adding more cards that positively interact with opposing planeswalkers and speaking of soldiers i think elspeth's son's nemesis uh is potentially something that like soldier stompy would want uh two and two white minus one up to two target creatures you control each get plus two plus one until end of turn minus two create two one one uh white human soldier creatures minus three you gain five life and that has escape um soldier stompy tends to either quickly kill its opponent by like blocking them out of the game or if the game goes long it can awkwardly just peter out of the game and i think having uh some sort of mana sink is nice and just the extra bodies pair well with dar war chief um, yeah speak to me about the war chief yeah like they pair pair well with the war chief and then the pump is also just randomly relevant with thalias and stuff and you know gaining through gaining like minus three to gain five life is definitely non-trivial in an ancient tomb deck Mm -hmm. no i see i mean that's why like i i kid but i don't like i if the spirit was a soldier and he get to be a three three with war chief but they don't make that happen so i but but elspeth man this is soldier stompy's like planeswalker it's even like it does everything i think it gets the five life to you know, to negate some of its ancient tomb activations, it makes some soldiers. They'll be relevant, and yeah. then the 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 one the plus the plus is insane on Athalia. You mean the minus the first one? Yeah, I'm the, sorry. Yeah, it's, making, the, it's the smallest minus. Sorry. Yeah, but no. Yeah, I think um, there's maybe potential there. I don't think I see this card seeing play in um, like death and taxes or miracles or whatever. Uh, so I I think Soldier Stompy is probably just the best home, but I, I in a more fair shell, 
I think a card like Gideon probably does a bit more because you want that sustained effect as opposed to having the in out and then mana sink. That's a bit less relevant for you, uh, especially like Death and Taxes where you have like ported wasteland and things to do with your mana there, and Miracles is doing other stuff with cantrips and the like. Let's see. Also, with Conqueror's Death doesn't really spark or s- strike me as a card that uh, sees play outside of standard maybe well so i i'm gonna i'm gonna go to limb i i could see like maverick trying to play it or like some of these decks is show and tell hate because it kind of does have some neat stuff in the fact that like it you know you you put it on and off show and tell and you hopefully hit their thing and then it gets to your turn it goes to chapter two and next turn their show and tells two more their follow-up and then on the last thing, getting back a creature or planeswalker, I don't think that's a, you know, I think it's almost like it's basically like the, uh, what was the black saga that that people were trying out for the same thing, uh, the Nico Bolas one, something yeah. of the firstborn or whatever, the edict yes. and then discard or yeah, then reanimate, so right? So this is the same thing, but as a white card. Oh uh, yeah, it is basically the same template. Um, my issue with it being in Maverick is that. A lot of those spots that O-Ring saw a lot of play in have been allocated to, um, what's that four-drop creature? Palace Jailer. So, it's hard for me to want to, you know, cut Palace Jailer from my deck for this card just to live the dream against the Sneak and Show player when you can still just, you know, put an O-Ring in your deck, like a proper O-Ring and get well functionally the, the same effect. This also, is better better for the jailer though, like against miracles, right? Not really. Cause it can get Jace. Yeah, but people are only playing like two Jace. They're playing more Oko and Teferi. I guess this hits Oko and Teferi, sure. But it's like a five drop card. Well, I mean, Jailer's a four drop, so I, I'm just saying like as an incidental card to put in for your show. I mean, people used to play Ashen Rider and Desolation and they couldn't even cast the cards, right? Like This is like, to me, like that same effect, but you can cast it. So, I'm not saying it's going to break Legacy, but I'm like it's it's a reasonable sideboard card that's castable in the... Yeah, but the Monarch mechanic is just completely degenerate, though. And that's the difference. Like, this is a more narrow O-ring kind of thing um you obviously get some permanence in terms of like the exiling clause and then like the slight like the non-creature spells your opponent costs or cast costs two more me that that whole clause means a lot less if when when you're playing it off of a five mana effect right like if this was a two or three mana effect that could come down early enough in the game to actually impede the opponent a relevant amount but if you're playing this as a five mana effect, it's like whatever, who cares? You know? Pay four mana for my disenchant, sure you get an extra turn. It's Yeah, I don't I, I think I don't see it seeing much play in Legacy. I get what you're going for, and I like understand the like history of these effects, but I think that this one is just like just wonky enough and like narrow enough that it doesn't quite do it for me. The one clause that I think that we're I'm not, I don't know if you're overlooking or not is O-Ring when it dies, you lose, 
you get the thing back. And yeah, this, this permanently. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of hot. I mean, you know, even like the the monarch mechanic, like you've played miracles enough with then they've taken something with monarch and you just like end of turn snapcaster uh blast their thing, attack in and you get your thing back and get the monarch. So like I, that's where like my thought reasoning is. I don't know if it's playable realistically. I don't play Maverick enough. But like of all the weird pseudo silly effects that they play, like Desolation Angel, Ashen Rider, or whatever nonsense they've played to show and tell off their opponent's show and tell, this seems like the best. Yeah, it's like something that you can keep in your like maybe playables box, but I don't think realistically it's actually going to be a player. Um, I think the new Heliod could see play as like maybe in Bomberman or something. The combo with wow. Walking Ballista is like a you know a documented thing. Other than that, uh, yeah, it'll be played. It'll be played in Bomberman. It, yeah. it will. It because Bomberman's already almost an enlightened tutor deck, and it'll probably be played in um, red, red, white. Uh, Painter, because it's already an enlightened tutor deck. Like these decks will play. Sure, it. I, I don't can know see if it'll be good. Yeah, I definitely like the idea of having just like a one of Heliod. Like we were discussing the one of Blood Moon in that deck, and the merits of that. the The idea of like a one of Heliod uh, seems reasonable to me. Um, that deck just having a mana sink is nice, and then uh, also like the walking ballista thing is nice. So, that seems acceptable. Um, Heliod's Intervention. Garbage. Uh, garbage. <laughs> Upsetting I, garbage. <laughs> I After, like, Byforce saw play in Legacy or Vintage, I'm hesitant to completely write off things that say destroy X artifacts or enchantments. Like, that seems... Obviously, like, colored identity matters. But uh, I think there is like maybe a chance that this is vintage playable in like uh, I I don't know what white decks exist outside of like white Eldrazi and humans and or not humans but like the Stompy decks. So those are fodder shells. But what if I'm I'm not Magic and Design? I'm nowhere near R and D level. But what if this card's second line of text, or I guess the second bullet point, said target player sacrificed x creatures or you know something along those lines would you would you consider this card playable and even broken uh if it was in white i would say target player sacrifices x attacking or blocking creatures yeah same Um, thing sure i don't know i think the idea is like behind all of the interventions is you have one mode that's like very specific to the card's color identity and does something within that like within the wheel how or color wheel that's relevant and then the other mode is something that like you have a conditional mode based on the board state and you have a non-conditional mode right so like this one just lets you gain x life uh you like if the first mode was the pseudo wrath maybe that gets a little more interesting i don't think i would play it in like legacy or anything um and i wouldn't play it in vintage I would like consider it for standard like having a pseudo settle the wreckage is kind of neat. And then, you know, the mana sink of gaining twice X life is non-trivial, but, uh, I don't know at this point, like looking at this card, I see 
maybe some random vintage deck could play it, but I doubt people are going to lean towards it. Yeah. I, I think the card, if it had, uh, what is it? Blessed Alliance, the sacrifice ability on Blessed Alliance, it might be playable. The The templating they chose instead, it's for a very, as a rare, I consider a very poor card. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be fine and limited, right? There's enough enchantment creatures in this set that that card is basically just a rare Wrath of God, and then like the yes, you know, it swings races and so whatever there. Also, um, Omen of the Sun. I don't think this one is constructed playable. Three mana flash, make two tokens, you gain two life, and then the three mana sacrifice at Scry two. Uh, doesn't quite make the cut of doing anything I want in any sort of white deck and constructive. Uh, it is not a raise of the alarm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the other interesting, correct? Correct. Uh, they have the, the fixed geist of seeing traft. Yeah. Throw it in the DNT box and call it a day. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Uh, it's which one Tara is that Nika, Akro and veteran. One white-white, yeah. Vigilance, 3-3. Three, three. Uh, whenever it attacks, untap another target creature you control. To the end of the turn, that creature has base power and toughness, 4-4, four, four, and gains indestructible. I think that's, like, reasonable, right? Like, a, you know, if for some reason you have this card and Man Crusader in play, you get to just shove both into your opponent. Because this is legendary, you can just Karakas it back before damage happens and like vial it back in so you can maybe do some fun stuff i think you play this in soldiers for he is a soldier he does everything you want he has vigilance he swings a game um i think it's a she but you're right regardless you're right um this 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 soldier i think this is soldiers this is like on par with brimaz most likely where it's just like an arbitrary legend that you can play justify playing like maybe one to two copies of in a white deck because it's like cheap enough it has the upside of being legendary for Caracas and it's like gonna be like good in your mother of runes deck and as a 3-3 it's like a reasonably enough respectable body on the ground it's gonna carry it carries a GTA well you know my my issue with DNT is just because you can't recruit it for the guard which yeah. is why like Bremaz stopped seeing play. you know certain certain cool white cards have disappeared but Avenger and the like. Yeah, this card is, I mean, it's a very good card. I wouldn't be surprised if Soldier Stompy played it. It's not going to make Soldiers. But, you know, and it, DNT might try it out if uh, Plague Engineer becomes an issue. And if not, then nothing changes. It's a good card. It's a very good card. Yeah. And Shadow of the Sky is, you know, what happens when your kid asks for Wrath of God and you tell him you have Wrath of God at home. So wow, it is really bad. It's not it is... bad. I think it's fine. It's like they don't they don't want unconditional four mana wraths and this is a pretty eloquent way to go about it, right? Like the there are a bunch of other so the decks that you would want a four mana wrath against are going to be these decks with cheaper lower to the ground creatures and then otherwise you can play your five mana wraths that are already in standard, I assume. So, they already have a four. They have a four and a five. They have a four mana, two white, two black. Uh, Kaya's oh, Kaya's wrath. Kaya. Kaya's wrath. And or then Kaya's they wrath. have okay. And then they have the five mana, 
which is two white three colorless in cast out the the split card the giant wrath of god mm. so like they have fours and fives and for me like white has been really bad in standard forever so i think giving them a wrath of god effect would have not been a problem but instead they gave them this so like i get what you're saying it's just like right now like standard has a lot of power for because the power level of creatures have raised you know a lot more than the spells so this kind of just like insults that you know what i'm saying sure that, so you're just completely off it yeah don't think it's playable because your opponent is always going to draw some number of cards off of it right well i mean like here's the thing like wrath of god i don't think wrath of god is that good in standard because right now like you've got these um these silly creatures that are a spell and a creature like love struck beast love struck beast is a is four power over four mana in two turns and you almost have to you'd have to wrath of god that alone because they can they'll hit you for oh no no the beast is five isn't he see is he a five five i think he's a five five so like you know they, they go one drop make the one one on two whatever who cares on three love struck beast so you have to wrath of god that and and that's almost like you would you would have to do it you're doing it for a single card right and then, yeah, and then I get they what get their saying. next turn. Like it's just like I don't it's think Wrath of God's good. It's better to just match your opponent on the board as opposed to trying that hard to mitigate. Yeah, because I just of the don't... two for ones that are built in everything. Right. It's just I don't know why you're giving all the creature decks. All the creature decks, they have two for ones built into them naturally. You know, between like uh, the Hydra, Lovestruck Beast, Stomp Guy. And then you're going to give him a two for one on your wrath is just kind of embarrassing because even stomp isn't he's a four three uh the giant let's stomp i i don't mm -hmm. he's another he's he's a four three so he would draw a card love struck beast is a five five so you go one one make the one drop two play whatever they they might drill bit you which that's a for real thing they'll attack you hit fear one drill bit you take your best card out of your hand, probably leave this mopey thing, play Love Struck Beast, and then you cast this and they draw a card. So I, I don't think the, it doesn't make any sense to me, this bad Wrath of God. That seems reasonable. Uh, let's get on to blue. Uh, Arolos Enraptured. Uh, it seems interesting to me. And it's just a battlefield tapped. It doesn't untap as long as you control reflection, but you make a 3-2 reflection and it's a 2-3 legend. Um... I'm not saying it'll see play in Legacy. I don't think it will, but it's interesting. The implications of like this card with Caracas, something maybe, but could you see like, uh, oh my goodness, the old untap uh, mechanic from Lorwyn, I think the Lorwyn cycle, I think had the untapped mechanics mm -hmm. and like there was like something that let you pay to untap something. And it would just be fun to play something. There there was like the the Morphling Enchantment, Penamon's Aura, I believe. And you can pay a blue to untap the thing. So that would be funny. But it would not be worth it because it's a lot of mana to have five power. Sure. Um, Ashiok's Erasure is cool. Though. It's this cool. I don't think I would play it in Legacy, but it's interesting. Uh, a permanent-based counterspell is neat. Or, well, it's like an O-ring, right? 
Yes. Well, to it's an, it's not an O ring. It's like a uh, is it what card is it? Venser. Um, it's closer to no. Venser. The the black white my tide hole sculler. It's a tide hole sculler instant. Well, it it it's like Venser, right? Because it hits something on the stack. Two and two colorless flash when Ashiok's Racer enters the battlefield exile tyrant spell. Your opponent can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled spell. And when it leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to its owner's hand. So, like, it technically hits cards like Abrupt Decay and the like, but it is too expensive to really be a huge player. I I agree. I think it's a really interesting card. I, I will... This is a card that I love. Red Blast exists, so it's automatically kind of mopey because of red black you know not to mention spell pierce day but it's a really neat card sure and glimpse of freedom uh likely not as good as think twice uh glimpse of freedom is bonkers in enchantress um i think enchantress will play this glimpse of freedom oh i'm sorry no the glimpse of freedom is the uh is the not the thing yes think twice no this card's garbage yeah it's like the escape cost on the card uh, makes it just like worse than thing twice before turn 20. And then like maybe like game you get to escape it twice or whatever, but it just doesn't, it doesn't uh, you do can, anything. You can play the jumpstart card. That's draw a card, draw a card. Sure. And it's a, it's a better card, right? Like I just play that. Cause I think it's even cheaper cause it's two mana and you discard a card from your hand. I guess that's bad. But whatever. You can play the Jumpstart card before this. I think this card... Um, uh, the, Omen of the Sea. The, well, I was going to say Kyora beats the Sea God. If that Rector deck ever comes back, it'll play it. Sure. I don't know if that's... Uh, I don't even know if it'll do that, right? This is just worse than the card that spits out worm tokens every turn and stops non-flyers from attacking or whatever it is. Stops flyers from attacking or whatever. I guess. I like the idea that they tap everything down and then they don't untap. They have the frozen ability, but... Yeah, it's like... It creates an 8-8, and then it taps the thing down, and then it just gain control of target. Permanent opponent controls untap, but I guess you gain permanent control. This card's just a limited bomb. Yeah, no, it's very much a limited bomb. It's very, it's very upsetting there. Omen of the Sea was the one I, I meant for Enchantress. Yeah, which is just two mana enchantment preordain that is also a sack outlet to scry to which yep. i can dig it i think enchantress mm. will play especially like the blue green uh andrew cuneo deck he's got a he's got just a blue green one and it plays like uh seal of removal and cloud of fairies and stuff and this is this is the card he would this is a pretty insane thing like the flash isn't relevant you don't care about flash and i could see miracles playing it uh, if they just took Astrolabe and you wanted something to bounce with Teferi and still draw cards, I don't know if they would. So. Uh, I mean, you'd probably just... I mean, you're still going to play like one of Teferi, but like, you know, not having Astrolabe makes it minorly worse, but who cares? Um, what's next here? I'm, I'm moving through. It's, it's sure, going quick. Thassa Deep Dwelling is cute. That's all I have to say about that card. It's cute. Something pioneer, something, something maybe playable. Thassa's intervention, um, it seems like medium. It's way better. It's way better than Heliod's. 
It's it's still not playable, but it's way better than Heliod's. Yeah, I guess Thassa's Oracle is like the next card people have been talking about being actually constructed playable because it um Cephalid Breakfast. Yeah, it functions as like a new lab man effect for Cephalid Breakfast slash uh oops all spells slash like modern ad nauseum. When Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, look at the top X cards of your library. Rex is your devotion to blue, put up to one of those them on top of your library and the rest in the bottom of any order in a random order if x is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library you win the game so ad nauseum can just play this and if my i from understanding this correctly uh even if it dies with the trigger on the stack and your devotion to blue is zero as long as you have zero cards in your deck you win um, yes that's exactly it. It is an enter the battlefield effect. <laughs> so it doesn't care if you kill it and it doesn't, you don't need to like draw a card with, um, what's the wizard? Uh, lab maniac. No, the, the wizard they play with, with lab. Oh, a zombie. Yeah. You don't have to like, you don't have to find something. You just can play this and call it a day. Sure. Your so. reanimation loop for, uh, oops, all spells in, just becomes, reanimate uh ballot street spy or whatever the other one mill yourself reanimate thos's oracle as opposed to before which is like reanimate ballot street spy mill yourself reanimate angel of glory's rise bring back azami plus lab maniac and then have like two wizards in play to win through two interactive spells or something like that but yep yeah this, uh, this is this is a good card i like and i think it you know i mean it it cleans up a deck like uh, Cephalid Breakfast, which is a Stoneblade combo hybrid, this like fits into the deck perfectly. Like they can still do their thing, where they're like you know they're being Stoneblade or they're not. Like it, you know, it's just a fine card. I, this is a good, I like this card. Yeah, and I think it will see play. I like the art on Thirst Remaining. It's gonna be a cool cube card. Gonna be a good draft card. Probably good standard card or something. Uh, you know. I've said it on I said it on another cast. I still mean it. Merfolk are crying in the picture because it doesn't help Merfolk. Like this is hysterical to me that they made another card with Merfolk art that does nothing for. Me. Yeah, I mean, I think Merfolk players probably just need to realize that they should stop trying to play Chalice of the Void and like maybe cut like Silvergill Adept for Brainstorm or something. I don't know, like. <laughs> I get that your deck is like just nothing but redundant <laughs> cards, but now these decks are trying to play like six to eight copies of Force of Force of Will slash Negation, so it's probably good to actually have some amount of filtering and throwing in some fetch lands as like kind of free or something or rather. I don't know. It, I don't really put too much effort into thinking about Merfolk. Um, whatever. Are we going to talk about your invitational card? You mentioned it on one cast already. Yeah. It yeah. is five It is five mana, so it does work for well, five drop Steve. It wasn't on the cast. It, we were just chatting, I think. Uh, okay. Thrinks the Sudden Storm. Flash flying. Spells you cast with converted mana cost five or greater. Costs one less to cast and can't be countered. This is the Steven Hendrickson <laughs> spell. Yes. Get your, gonna get your Karanos. Gonna get your Baneslayer Angel. Just everything. Um, we are not Skyping by video. If you could, you would see my mat that I'm using my mouse on is a Karanos mat. <laughs> so hey. I, I am prepared. 
This is two pips to Karanos. Gonna get there. But, uh, yeah. The card's unplayable. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. How many foil copies are you getting for the Four. culture? Next. Four? Four. All right. Next. That's what I need. <laughs> we can move on now. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing. Wavebreak Hippocamp is interesting for, like, maybe a flash deck, but the issue is that it doesn't have flash itself. So whatever. Uh, Whirlwind yes. Denial is the uh this one's good it's it's poor person's fluster storm i guess it's like it's like a less convoluted fluster storm that'll be easier to resolve on moto uh fluster storm is pretty cheap now i don't even call it poor person's fluster storm yeah true it's it's the flus it's the less click uh <laughs> the, the carpal tunnel it? fluster storm yeah Fluster without the carpal tunnel. Hold the carpal tunnel, please. Uh, I, I think this card is actually playable in um, Omnitel. I think Omnitel plays this above it, above Fluster Storm. Uh, it's three mana. It's th- their average CMC is three mana. Yeah, but <laughs> dude, you don't want your counter spell to be. This is going to be a. This probably isn't realistically seeing play at three mana. If this was. It's perfect. It's perfect show and tell mana, man. It is two colorless and one blue. That was hysterical to me. Like this, they, they, it's not playable. It's not playable. It's not so. like this would be playable. Like you could make it an easier to use templated Flusterstorm, where it's like for one mana, you know, for each spell or ability your opponent controls, counter it unless that controller pays one. Right, like just make it the fl- the force spike or whatever. Or like you could do it for oh, two man. mana, but like. At three mana for, like, a convolute, you're kind of just whatever. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. We're going to go deep. There was a deck back in the day. Blue-red standstill. Stifle standstill. We are not playing three mana stifle. This is the stifles for the rest of their time. (laughs) There's literally a stifle that draws a card for three mana. Okay. Come on. It draws a card, Steven. You got me at draw a card. Uh, all right, going into black. Uh, people were talking about cling to dust maybe being like pseudo playable against like miracles and stuff. Sure, I, I love this card. I love this card. I think it's main deckable. Uh, I mean, you're gonna be hard pressed to get me to play non-free graveyard interaction that only hits one card. I get that it's like randomly useful in cycles, but I'm kind of medium on it. Like I, my standards for graveyard interaction are like either they're free, or if I'm paying mana, it needs to be permanent based to actually justify having a real mana investment. What if it said one black mana, draw a card, exile a non-creature from your opponent? I I, I think like no, I don't think this card is bad. Like I'm just saying that like. It costs mana, so it's hard for me to justify playing it because the decks that I actually want Graveyard Hate against, like, sure, this is fine against Miracles or Snapcaster decks or whatever. That's fine. But the decks that I care about my opponent's Graveyard against, I don't want to be spending mana on my interaction, right? Like, if I'm playing Delver, I don't want to hold up a black against lands to pop life from them, whatever the situation may be. It's... It just doesn't fall within the realm of playability for me uh, under like the 
under the parameters I tend to put graveyard hate under. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I just, like this in like Grixis Control. That's what I was thinking of. Grixis Control as a one of in the main deck and be happy. I think that it's already does enough. It is. Like, I, I get what you're saying. It's not an unplayable card, and I think it's completely playable. And it's like a reasonable card to have some floating around in your card box. And I could see, you know, a point in the format where something happens and you want to play this effect. But uh, I, I, ugh. it. Maybe my thought process is too narrow, but. It, when I'm looking at Graveyard Hate, I want it to be actually impactful against the decks that I'm playing against and not just go like... It's it's the Nile Spellbomb logic, right? Where people board in Nile Spellbomb against like a fair deck and just be like, oh, well, it cycles at least. And it's like, I, I hate that logic because it's I could just have a better card in that position as well, opposed to just going, well, it cycles at least. To be fair, I don't think of it as just the one blana, one black mana, I consider it like the think twice for the rest of the game that you have at disposable. Because like late game, you can just pay for exile five cards to draw a card. In legacy, like what turn are you doing that in? Well, I'm talking about versus like, control. It's a it's a mopey deck that can't close. So yeah, but like by the if you're paying like four mana to draw a card, like by that point, you've probably already hit a Jace. You've probably already hit a Narset, and like that's my issue. Like, by the time you're flash- escaping this card or whatever, I keep wanting to call all these effects flashback because that's what they functionally are. But, like, as soon as you're actually, like, utilizing this ability, you're already at a point in the game where either you have a bunch of other stuff going on because your deck is operating, or you've hit your deck's fail case. And it's like, sure, I guess it's, like, kind of flood protection when your deck is imploding on you. Meh. I'm very I mean- meh on it. I could say delve back. It would be delve back, right? Not flashback, sure. delve back. But whatever. I like this card. I don't. I think it'll see play. I don't think it matters in current legacy, though. Yeah, exactly. It it just doesn't matter enough. It's it's just like a coffin purge that you don't feel as bad about playing. You may get a little bit upside, but you're like just feel bad. Um, Elspeth's nightmare is interesting. I power I two or less. Why does it yeah, power but like, two? But like legacy standards, that kills most creatures. It doesn't kill Delver. It doesn't kill Tarmogoyf, I guess. And it doesn't kill Elk Tokens. But it kills most of the creatures in Death and Taxes. It kills Coatl. It kills I don't nothing out of depths at any relevant point of the game, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's it's if it was power yeah. three, I don't get three mana to kill it as like they, the initial point. They wanted this card to be... Uh, power scaled for an uncommon and limited if this was just like three mana like three mana kill a a three x and then it does other stuff afterwards and limited that's just like kind of an absurd rate right yeah you're trading like the whole idea is you trade down on mana and then your next ability probably trade gets you a little more of a mana investment and then the exile target opponent's graveyard that's like so tailor-made for this limited format if we didn't have two spots before it dragged to the underworld a four mana instant destroyed target creature oh that costs less based on devotion that's gonna be interesting (laughs) like you actually have right before it another uncommon that unconditionally kills you know so i that's my issue well you have like 
one of these is a singular function card at instant speed. The other one is a multi like multi-function card at sorcery speed that like operates over multiple turns of the game. Yeah, I mean that you you can get a two for one out of it, but like be but it's but it has to be a non-creature, non-land card. So like it's it's not even like can, you you might not even think it's that good and limited. Yeah. So, uh. In terms of, like, cards that I feel would see a decent... Potentially play in, like, Grix's control... Erebus's Intervention stands out to me. Um, X and a black target creature gets minus X minus X and you gain X life. And exile up to X... Or twice X cards from graveyards. Uh, like, even if you go two mana... Exile two cards from a graveyard. That's just like enough to cut off a life from loam for a turn, or like answer a loam. Right? This is potentially main deckable grave hate, and it's instant speed, so you can also utilize it against like a re a slower reanimator draw or whatever. Right? And then the minus this X card... minus X answers small creatures at like not the most efficient rate, but gaining X life isn't trivial in a deck like Grixis. So I, this, I this card is the. This card is the card that makes me really mad about Heliod's card. Because this card is... <laughs> so it's like, you look at Heliod's card and you look at this one. And you're just like, cool, I gained twice life. They kill a creature and gain X life. You're so hurt. Well, I'm for still your boy hurt. Are you gonna, you gonna join in on the Twitter? The Twitter boys who keep tweeting, uh, this card could have been <laughs> white. Hey. You gonna, you gonna join in on that? Yes. But realistically, this card is really good. Um, this card will see play. I, I really can't. When I read it, like, I read it three times. Because I just kept going, really? Like, we got Drown in the Lock. And that was like a, you know, a multi-use card. Um, the fact that we got another multi-use card that is actually in Legacy a true split card. Where Drown in the Lock can sometimes just be a really bad card. This is actually like... You know, side A, fair decks, kill a creature, gain some life. Side B, exile at target cards from graveyard. Then that functionally targets almost all combo decks. So, like, you have a fair and a combo side on one card, and it's one black X instant. I was just like, no way. But it is. I think it's a really good card. Yeah, I... Like, I... I realistically, I don't see it seeing play. But I think it, it does, like, just barely cross the threshold of being legacy playable, and I think that, you know, having a one of copy floating around is acceptable. Uh, like, the exile mode is good enough against, like, miracles. It eats accumulated knowledge or whatever. It can pseudo-counter uh, Mystic Sanctuary. It answers reanimator shenanigans. It answers loam shenanigans. You know, um... Snapcaster Mage. There's a million You cards. can... If you have this card and like a lightning bolt, right? You can exile a bunch of lands and bolt your opponent's Knight of the Reliquary. Uh, and then that way, like, the next Knight of the Reliquary is still weaker. Like, the fact that it exos twice X the cards of the graveyard makes this stand out to me because, you know, even at three mana, you're exiling four cards from a graveyard in Legacy, which isn't, you know, on par with something like a Tormod's Crypt, but it's it's still very good. Uh, well, even in even in Legacy, like against like uh, Merit Lage, you can actually minus three on Merit Lage, give it minus three, minus three, gain three life, live a turn, untap, Jace, bounce Merit Lage. 
Like yeah. that's a silly that's a silly thing that this card can do. So I'm not I mean I'm not calling it like, you know, it's going to be a four of, but it's a good card. Uh occasional one of in a Japanese legacy players deck list that gets scoured from the depths of the internet that's found on like TC decks or something and it'll be played alongside a singleton copy of Isolate and you'll be kind of confused. That's that's where we're rating this card. Yes. One of in a Japanese player's deck. Well, if they have Snapcast from Ages, it's, you can Snapcast this thing. You're going to have some fun. It, it <laughs> may also get played alongside Thoughtscour. Um, yes. Let's see. Five mana and Tomb Snake. Nope. Okay. Uh, that could be something and not Legacy. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, wait which card? Gravebreaker Lamia. It's five mana oh. lifelink. It entombs uh, a card. Yeah. And then spells you cast from your graveyard costs one less to cast. It's meh. I um, What was it? There's another card people were kind of talking about as if it was like a, like kind of the next Dark Blast. It's a. Yes, it's a really good card. Well, I'll get mana, there. Where, I don't see it. Wherever uh, it is. Oh. I'm sorry. I was reading oh, this there funeral rites. I was reading funeral rites. Did you read funeral rites? I was kind of baffled by it. Funeral it's a, rites? Yeah, it's oh, a... Um, you draw two cards, lose two life, and put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard? Yeah, okay, it's so it's just truth. Uh, Well, it's just the arbitrary read to bones reprint, right? Yeah. Like every set has... Not every set, but a lot of sets just have a read to bones reprint, but they just tacked on mill two because that's flavor relevant for this set. Uh, I don't know if this is going to see a lot of play. Like, you could say maybe some deck and Pioneer would want this, right? Like, one of the graveyard-based decks. But, um, like, the issue is post-war. People are going to have their ley lines and stuff. So, the mill, two is kind of worse. But just draw some number of cards and whatever is maybe fine. You could maybe hit a... What's the card? Creeping Chill or something if... They don't have Leyline or whatever in play, so who knows? Um, uh, but th the card is Mogus. like Mogus's favor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this card's good. Target creature gets plus two, minus one. Escape, exile two other cards. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like Enchantment, Dark Blast. It's like when people, by people I mean uh, the base god Malamuja, played uh, Deadweight. Yeah, in his deck. So that's kind of interesting. Well, it's actually like, all right. So you, it's better because if you're a Tarmogoyf deck, you dead weight their thing, the blocker, and then you attach it to Tarmogoyf and you smack it in. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I, I think the fact that you can throw it on your own creature and just smash in, like, are, you know, and, and, and the fact that Dark Blast steals your draw steps is a real liability, where this doesn't steal draw steps from you. It's just sitting in your graveyard waiting for you. And I think two cards for escape is nothing. Yeah, two cards is kind of whatever. Um, I can see this maybe becoming a player if like the format gets shaken up a bit in terms of like card legality. Um, but as things stand, there's probably other effects you want, I think. Now, I, I, th yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a good Again, card, I think. I, I, pick up a place that it's a common. Like, 
you're probably at most playing one copy in the sideboard of like Grixis Delver or Bug. Bug or sure. Some random arbitrary black based interaction deck. And, I mean, you oh, know. Whew, put this on Dreadhorde Arcanist. Whew, he's got trample. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you make your Dreadhorde a 3 2. You make it a Delver yeah. of Secrets, and then you just get to flashback random shenanigans. Painful truth. <laughs> that is not going to work how you want, Steve. It works just fine. Oh, sure. wait, no, it doesn't. You don't spend mana on it, do you? Never yeah, mind. You, I you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bust out those read the bones. You know. Oh, it's failed already. <laughs> this would have been so good. Uh, Nightmare Shepherd. I like Nightmare Shepherd. I like that card a lot. It's a cool card. I don't know what it does. I don't think it does anything, but it's cool. It's a four mana four four flyer. Yeah. With not with no drawback. When another coat non yeah, when did they start printing demons that didn't have drawbacks? Right. I re- back in at my rate. day, ba- at rate yeah, back in my day, demons were seven drops. They used to dome you for like six life. They gave y'all niggas Grizzlebrand, and it ain't been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is nuts. It's and it's only a rare. Yeah, and I, and I, I mean, I can't, I look at it. I'm like, I keep reading the text because it's got a wall of text. Yeah, I keep the, expecting the, the drawback. Thing. Like the drawback yeah. is that. So this card says, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a one-one and it's a nightmare in addition to its other types. And it's like, I guess the drawback is that you exile the creature. So if it's a uh, escape then, creature, you can't buy it back, and then it becomes on. a one-one, which is it's, like you, you may. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, it's also a may. Like, <laughs> there is no drawback. <laughs> it's it's like the drawback is supposed to be that it's a smaller body and you can't buy this creature back later, and that is not it, Chief. So, uh, obviously, not seeing play in Legacy, but um, in something like maybe Pioneer, or so like, like this card is pretty good wrath protection, right? It's like not so wrath protection. I love this card. This card with Tarmogoyf, I would play. You know, because Tarmogoyf's ability is in his text box, right? His uh, power and toughness is equal to Yeah, whatever, so it pumps Goyf yeah. by one. Sure. Well, well his it, he would be 1-1 one, one plus Graveyard. The, the Stark Star <laughs> thing may get overwritten. I don't know. I, I don't want to think about that. Uh, but I think this card is kind of nuts, so it's Wrath Protection, right? Pioneer, yes. like if you're playing Black Aggro. Or whatever, you just like have a copy of this card to slam on the table and dare your opponent to cast a Wrath of God because you just basically get your whole board back. Neat. All right, judges, judges that listen to the cast, any judges anywhere, any country, I don't care. Before I order foils because the artwork is hot, I need to know does Tarmogwaif get to be a star star plus one plus one? Please tell me. Darts for cast. Email me, please. <laughs> just send it to Steve. Tell Lawrence not to read it. He'll delete the email. <laughs> I will not delete it. I am not going to police your life like that, my guy. Um, this, this card is sweet. I mean, imagine that thing in foil with that purple and stuff. I would listen to Prince music while playing this card. I will. It will be purple rain. Purple rain. Oh, my God. Love this card. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Tiramat calls the dead. 
the first it's a three man enchantment first two modes are put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard they may exile a creature card from your graveyard if you do create a two two black zombie token and then the third mode is you gain x life and scry x where x is the number of zombies you control uh i think there's a zombie deck in pioneer or something right yes it's, it's basically well, it's a part of the standard deck oh it's vampires it's vampires but a zombie deck can there is enough zombies because zombies was a standard deck and all those sets are legal there is a zombie fringe deck so this could be the card that maybe makes it good because vampires is better because it has show and tell planeswalker for vampires yeah so that's why it's better so like this oh. is kind of like that they uh reprinted underworld dreams that's cute uh they downshifted reprinted underworld dreams yeah it's almost like that card totally hasn't held up uh at rate yeah i mean uh, mm. well what were we gonna say ah i can't um what what about um goatscape guy what do you think about goatscape well well strider yeah go he has goatscape <laughs> i mean it's a three mana three two that creates a body and then is also a sack outlet. You're just obviously slam dunking this card into your collected your um what's the what's the duck? I know Rally the Ancestors. About. Yeah. You're just slamming this into Rally and calling it a day. Yeah, it was a really, it's a really cool card. I wanna play it in Legacy, but you know, you can't play those Bomberman strategy or go- goblin bombardment strategies very well, so Yeah. I'm not seeing a lot of cards that strike me as like legacy playable and i'm actually happy about that i think uh having a little bit of a break from new cards kind of kicking the teeth of the format in is nice oh uh, we're walking in we're walking into red hold those thoughts oh really yeah. the acroan war game control of target creature as long as it remains on the battlefield neat till your next turn creatures your opponent control attack each combat of fable neat uh, each tap creature deals down. Okay, yeah. Um, limited card or something. Yes. Uh, the first card that you're going to care about. Oh, I actually like Escape Velocity. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's playable, but I really like it. This strikes me as something you would do with a uh, World Gorger Dragon. I don't know why that card comes to mind, but... Something to do with a World Gorger Dragon or something or rather. Um, I just... I like it as like a one of in a Delver deck just because you can later on reactivate it again. And it gives a plus one plus O. So that is uh interesting. It's one it's once again another card that like can go on a Dreadhorde Arcanist. Maybe they're I don't know. I really don't know. That is interesting to me. I'm not really inclined to put that in Delver. Um but I get what you're saying. That feels like there should be a deck somewhere in Legacy where this effect is maybe relevant some way of oh you know what this does oh wait no 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 it's worse than dragon's breath and hate in oath yeah yeah that's that's what i was thinking of it's like a dragon's breath effect but oath already just gets to do that for free if they even want to play that card anymore um which i don't think they do right no there is a um the ox of agonis that is the other Bedlam Reveler effect that we haven't asked. Yeah, it's obviously going to get played in like Pioneer and Modern Dredge, and it's going to melee rock on people's soul. Uh, 
does escape okay so it's cast so you can counter an escape creature that's good <laughs> yes yes because that would frighten you right like draw creek three cards like you wouldn't even care about the creature be like just it just drew three <laughs> well and dredge just like an uncounterable like flashback breakthrough is kind of nuts so but like the limiting agent and legacy is the fact that it costs double red and by the time you have like eight cards in your graveyard you probably already on your way to winning so that's not relevant but in modern and pioneer you need to actually have mana in your dredge deck to function so i think they'll play this in dredge no offense like i think led makes the double red whatever i think think they'll play this i think it makes it a crapshoot um like you don't want to play four copies of this card per se uh like i said you need eight cards so you can't even like led it on your first turn right and that's that's a huge limiting agent so you'd have to like have some you'd have to have like your discard outlet plus you'd have to have an led that you're not going to crack in hopes of flashing back a draw three that just it doesn't seem economical to me i like it for if people are still playing surgical extractions as i I really like it for that reason like it 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 won't be played in hogak because the double red just makes it so but I, I just think, like, I, I don't think it's playable. And I don't think you want to rebuild Dredge. It's like when people were saying um, Bizarre Trade Mage would see play in Dredge. It's like you like the whole point of your enabler effects is that they're cheap and they happen on turn one and not that they like can happen later in the game. Yeah, I didn't like that card. I, I didn't like that card. I don't ever foresee casting this for five. I like to, but maybe I don't know. I don't know. Like, I like the idea of casting it off of being able to cast it off of the LED is kind of cool, but maybe it's, it's unplayable. It's cool, but it's, I don't think it's playable in Legacy. I think Modern, it's like obviously a slam dunk and Pioneer, you know, somebody's going to figure something out there. Um, I guess, like, the so what me fair is like you go Faithless Looting on one, right? And then turn to Therapy, play LED. The issue is you have to have LED for this card to work, or you have to hit two land drops in Dredge. Right. Like, like I guess how often? Not. How often is that happening in Dredge? Like if you have if you have two land drops in Dredge and you have eight cards in your graveyard, you're you're confused as to what's going on in that game state. Because usually having eight plus cards in your graveyard in Dredge means that you had a start that leaves you sitting on one mana, um, or it's also like double reds awkward because. If you do have two lands, you want your second land to be a Cephalid Coliseum, which I guess now people are playing the blue-red cycle land as well. But yeah, that's what I was—that's what I was referring to. Like they play the Islets. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I, maybe it's I, maybe it's not. But I, I I would give it a shot. I'm just not would, feeling it. I I think it's. I don't think it. I just don't think it makes the cut for Legacy. Um, Perforos. Yeah, yeah. Say it. Uh, it's. Ball Lightning Dreadbore. Uh, Ball Lightning Dreadbore, what? I was looking at Perforous Intervention. I wasn't looking at the the bad sneak attack, God. <laughs> uh, I, skipped, I skipped right past bad sneak attack, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to talk about how it's just a bad sneak attack. Uh, Perforous yeah. Intervention, create an X1 red elemental that has trample and haste. And then it also deals X damage to target creature planeswalker. I mean, this is 
twice, twice X. X. Yeah, all of these are <laughs> twice X. Uh, I mean, that seems fine to me, right? Oh, my, that card it's, is good. It does enough in your red deck to justify playing a couple copies and answer some planeswalkers. You know, it has the mana sink of just becoming a thick, not really a thick, it's a buff-ish boy. You know, it, creature you only could, does upper body, skips leg day. Got you'd them play, weak. You play this angles. in. You'd play this in mono red stompy. Uh, yeah, I could see it. Actually, having an answer to Oko that isn't pyroblast is potentially appealing. Yeah, I mean it's it's like the perfect chalice spell, right? Like it's never on one. <laughs> it's just like it's perfect. And even if you like chalice by accident, like you chalice on two, you can still cast it on three. You know, it's just like that's kind of a. I like this card a lot. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. That's that's reasonable. Perforous is bad because because of uh, is it Il Ilharog, the boar. The boar is just a better card than perfect. Yeah, it does work in conjunction with the boar, but it's the fact that it's a sneak attack that only does red or artifact creatures is whatever to me. You know, it doesn't. You well, need that actual sneak attack. Yeah, well, I was saying, like, if I wanted to play something more than sneak attack, I would play through the breach or the boar. I would mm -hmm. never go to this card. Yeah, it's pretty far down on the list in terms of uh, things you would play for that effect. Uh, Storm Herald, does that card strike you as anything? I can't think of any. It like, says Aura. <laughs> I don't read cards once I see Aura. I can't think of like any relevant synergies that this card has with anything in Legacy and Red, uh, specifically Auras, which is weird. <laughs> it's really uh, bad. Why, why are they all Auras? Stop with the Auras. They probably did it because they want to. They, I think they obviously want to push like some sort of red white heroic deck and they didn't just want this card to be in white because they wanted to force you to actually go into red for it to build it and construct it. Okay. Uh, Storm's Wrath is interesting, but it's not like a good card. It's just like interesting in terms of just their design Four mana deals four damage to each creature and each planeswalker. It's, um, why wasn't it eight? It should have been eight to eight. Like, have mm -hmm. they read their cards they printed in the last year? <laughs> like, sure, why does it I say guess. four? It's just say eight to Planeswalkers. I don't get it. Like, think yeah. about the last year. The last year of Planeswalkers. It doesn't hit any of them. And this is four standard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what red deck you're playing this in at. Like, realistically. Uh, it's, you know, it's just interesting to see, like, a flame break effect float around. I do like the next card. Tectonic Giant. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like a Titan. Uh, yep. It's kind of whatever, ultimately. But, yeah, it, it, I'm meh. Meh. Compared to, like, some of the other creatures we've seen, I like it. I like, I think that, I think I guess they're probably getting the four, the four mana creatures down pretty good, like, power level, power level wise. Yeah, like, none of these are, like, super broken. You're, they're all of them are just kind of like I could see myself playing this in a weaker format and whatever. Anyway, let's just get to Underworld Breach, the card that people actually care about in red. Uh, yeah, you can brain freeze yourself for your deck and then probably kill your opponent if you're building the storm deck. Probably have to play like four brain freeze, one tendrils, one grape shot, 
as your main deck win conditions so that you can actually kill through uh, what's the card? Veil of, vale Summer. of Summer game one, which is, you know, a relevant thing. Uh, I'm not sure if the Entomb builds are better or whatever. Uh, I'm kind of apathetic about it. It The deck strikes me as something that could do well in game one, but is very awkwardly weak to Grave Hate in the post war game, so you'd have to maybe overcompensate for that. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a Yogwill, so, you know, I'm sure people I think will really, figure out a way to break Yogwill. I think it's really good. I think you can win easily with it. I think you can play just Empty the Warns, Underworld Breach, and Grape Shot, and Barons, obviously. I think it's Bananas. Uh, I think you'll probably be playing, unfortunately, Blue, Red, Green, and just playing four Veil of Summers. You'll cast Silence. They have an opportunity to try to counter it. If they fail, they're probably dead. Like, this, like, strikes me like the new test build plays that can easily slot this card in over some of their rituals and stuff and then play some Brain. I don't want it to be true because I don't think that... I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this card isn't good. I hope it's fragile because it doesn't seem to be a fun legacy. Yeah, the fact that post-war this card is weak to, like, Blue Blast... Uh... Disenchant effects, graveyard hate, you know, it adds a bunch of levels of interaction that other similar effects don't have. So I think I'm okay with it. Um, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I think that the card is very good. I, my concern is that the decks that it play that will play it will be very good at winning game one. And then the post board games, they're going to just awkwardly, uh, you know, cry the the new pyroclasm really are you going to complain about how it doesn't kill true name nemesis like that's a relevant thing in 2020 no okay cool cuz <laughs> i'm really sick of people talking about you know not having an answer for true name and it's just like build just play, play a better deck no i was baffled by uh one damage to each creature in each i kind of like i was just like eh why why would they make this effect not one red mana? Like it, it could easily be. Are yeah. we afraid of spells that much? <laughs> well, it's the exile clause. That's where the extra mana happens. That's why it's not just blazing volley with an upside. I guess. I just think it's, mm. and I think that's it for red, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ugh, we're starting to run long. Let's just quickly get through the rest of this. Uh, what do you think about the prismatic omen enchantment creature that's also exploration probably good enough to play in modern uh, obviously good enough to play in modern I guess the question is are people going to play this deck with Val or this card with Valica in a deck with no actual mountains because you know you can (laughs) yeah no that's the discussion people are having just utilizing this card instead of having a bunch of mountains and be able to play like the bug field deck or whatever uh, you know, this card's interesting. It probably lets you play at least a one of Valakut and uh, Legacy Lands, Primeval Titan, and Chill. What about uh, Legacy Lands? You get to cheat, crap rock. Meh, meh. It seems pointless in Lands, right? It's like one of it's. Uh, it's like yeah, it's an exploration, but it comes down kind of late. It does fix your like terrible mana in that deck, which is nice, but um. And it's hard to kill. 
it's it's hard to kill, but it doesn't have any utility. And like post board and lands, you kind of want your your things to have utility. Like the whole thing is like sidestepping the land plan and do other non landy things, or do you think that still synergize with lands? You know, I was thinking it sidesteps it by letting you play like a crop rot delicate packet, and then like that still facilitates like your whole kill all the creatures or just kill your opponent, and you're not having to the 2020. But maybe it's just bad. I don't know. Like yeah, that's the issue is you can't play four of this card in lands, right? Yeah. Right. So you can at most play like one to two and then it's like not impactful in most matchups and then Valakut's a literal do nothing. So it's just kind of like the worst of every world. I think this card is going to see like modern and I guess field is banned in pioneer. So it's going to see modern play after that. You know, I don't, I don't see it. Uh... There's the enchantment creature. I don't know where it's at. The, the new Enchantress that's insane because it beats your face in. Mm. There's our third different art for Return to Nature, I think. <laughs> I actually like this art for Return to Nature the best, so that's cool. Um, what is that card called? I have no idea. Uh, Nylea's Intervention. Search the library for up to X land cards. Reveal them. Put them into your hand. That's not too bad for green. Deals X damage to each creature with flying, so mediocre hurricane that also just like thins your deck uh champion two in a green constellation whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control put a plus one plus one counter on satessian champion and draw a card for a one three that's reasonable the issue is that it starts within bolt range in legacy and it's a three drop i could see it as like the ninth enchantress effect potentially since you can like pretty easily green sun for it and then, you know, it beats down. Well, they play Idle on a Blossoms, which is a 2-2. Two, two. So, yeah. And it, and it comes in as a 2-4, right? No, it it's not an enchantment oh, creature. Oh, that's itself. right. They fixed it. They fixed it. That's right. Yeah. I, so Eidolon might be better. Yeah, this um, card doesn't initially cycle itself. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if that's a positive. I, I mean, it's obviously like a negative here, but... I'm I'm really not sure if the change of like cutting the constellation ability f from being on actual enchantment creatures is a positive or negative, but it we'll see how this card plays out. I could see like one or two of because it attacks, right? Yep. Uh, gold cards. Uh, Astriok is the five mana f template walker. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a five. It is nice to have that return to form. Um, <laughs> when is Devour Memory? It's a lot of words. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, that's not a playable card. Calyx uh, is a cool card, but I don't even know if Enchantress would play Calyx, so I don't like it. That's a lot of text and I'm not reading. I, I remember skimming it forever ago and it just kind of did a bunch of stuff with Enchantments. Um, um, Ignatic, Ign Ignomatic Incarnation? Will win most syllable award. It's a two birthing a pot enchantment. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool card. I don't think it's playable, but it's really cool. Yeah, there's I, a lot I, of really cool but unplayable in this set. Uh, the satyr chick's cool. If if um the what was the card you talked about in the beginning of the cast? Um, the cat. If Wild Nakata was good in Legacy again, the satyr card would be really cool, but it's not. So. <laughs> 
I think Clothis is like fringe playable uh, in some metagames, maybe like at a local level at least. Just having a unkillable, you know, drain life every turn is pretty low value, but the fact that it eats opposing graveyards and like Snapcaster mirrors is maybe enough to push it over the edge. It's I it, I love Clothis. Um I think it's really good. I think it's un- but I really love it. Uh, uh, what about what about Hactos? If Hactos wasn't red and white, this would be playable because yeah, it's true it's we, true name number 2. Yeah, we already have true name, so I like the flavor of the card. It's cool. If it, um, I mean, the fact that it's like pro one automatically is like kind of scary in legacy. Yeah, it's also just like red, red, white, white. Also, it's pro zero as well, so you can't Caracas it, I think. Uh, no. Uh, that's from. See, oh, I don't know. Because that might like, be true. Caracas doesn't have a. Is technically a zero, I think. Oh my gosh! But you know, it's it's like not a playable card, so it's not gonna come up. That maybe some well, it can't even Crocus it in EDH, so you know. Yeah, that's. On. I didn't even think about that. That's cool. Clo- yeah. Clo- Croxa. Croxa uh, is good. It's just Raven's Crime, right? Um, no. I uh, want to discard a land. Into the battlefield or tax. Each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent. Who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life. Yeah, you don't have to discard a land. And it deals damage. Uh yeah, it's like okay. Like And it becomes a six six. That still does its ability for some reason when it attacks. Yeah, it's like the Titans or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that card's really good. I like I think, that card. I think this one's okay. Uh I don't know if it would see playing legacy. Right, it's kind of mana intensive. Uh, I've said this on like so all of these legendary creatures break the legendary template because you're okay with playing multiples of them. Because even if you have one in play, you can cast the one from hand and then let it die to the legend rule and get its effect. And I think that's kind of like silly. Yeah, these these ones are like they're spells that flash back in a creature. Yeah. So. Um, Kunaros not gonna actually be playable. Like, get out of here with the three mana hate bear. That's like Grafdigger's Cage and Containment Priest slammed together. I I just don't care for this card. I love the card. Uh, it's less than both parts, and it's three. Yeah. Uh, Staggering Insight is potentially something that like a bant boggle shell could want in modern or if somebody wants to try and make that a thing in legacy we could see it uh and then uru titan of nature's wrath i've seen people post uh lists on twitter but i think that the deck that probably wants to utilize this the most is like 12 post um because it's a it's an explore effect that i guess they can technically flash back i guess 12 post is never getting like never doing double green, double blue, and green blue colorless is a bit taxing on their mana. But I'm not sure if there's another legacy deck that can properly capitalize on this effect, right? I think the Oko Lands deck can play this. It could, but like the three mana to just get an explore is a bit medium. How about the, the like you loam over it 
and you play it on turn four just because uh that's like a potential thing but i think my issue here is that this card is pyroblastable i guess if you're oko lands you probably want to just increase the number of pyroblast targets in your deck anyway mm -hmm. just to you know completely tax well, that card you pyroblast it fine you just loam and do it again right like it's kind of like that's like kind of like the perfect thing if they're just pyroblast i think card's really good i kind of don't like this card because i don't understand why it's so powerful i'm blue green i'm more excited for it in uh modern modern yeah like yeah, the, it's not... the the bug titan deck you just slam it <laughs> you know and mm. get your rampant growth you know i hate this card <laughs> I, I don't like this style of magic that they're just set after set. And it's like all new cards, right? Like you can go turn one, a Boreal Grazer. Turn two, uh, Grow Spiral. Turn three, this. And you're just like, or even turn one, I'm sorry. Turn one, a Boreal Grazer. Turn two, this. You know, turn three, Grow Spiral. Do this again. It's just like, this is sick. I don't understand it. But gang, gang. Yeah, this is a good card. Mm -hmm. It'll be played. You'll you'll get beat by it, and you'll be upset. Enjoy. Yeah, uh, overall, set's looking pretty weak for Legacy. There aren't any artifacts that stand out to me as anything I want to talk about. Um, oh, Shadow Spear. I man, like Shadow Spear a lot. There aren't any artifacts that uh, stand out to me as anything I want to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, it... it whatever. You don't, like, you don't like Shadow Spear with, um, like, an Esper Blade? deck so you're you can dodge veil of summer what okay so you you you, you stowed forge mystic get shadow spear put it in play you cast thoughts oh sure you pay you get to attack on an extra one yeah sure you don't even have to like ugh, ugh. i like it i like it i think the card's cool i i really like that card man i'm not saying it's great i think it's good um it's a it's a role player you can put in your sideboard it's better than Soul Guide Lantern. Tormod's right. Crypt and Relic had a really ugly child. Yeah, so. Soul Guide Lantern is back on the same thing I said before about like having to pay mana for my grave hate. You know, I uh, <laughs> I'm very likely to just play Surgical or Tormod's Crypt over this card. Uh, yeah, uh, land wise. Getting some temples back. The basic lands look dope. Yeah. Seal Ruin looks dope. You, you want to go Pokemon, do you? I get it. Got to catch them all. That's. I think that's, these look great. Like I, the, I, I will buy foils. <laughs> yeah. So. I haven't played Paper Magic and I don't remember how long. GP Niagara. Yeah, something like that. And I will probably purchase some non-zero number of these are these coming in japanese or are they only english i think they're coming in japanese as well you know what's really sad about them you can't play them because snow, snow. yeah <laughs> i almost made a joke on twitter about that just like hey can we get can we get the snow theros set so that i can play these and snow come on <laughs> can i get can i get some what was the what was the snow Pokemon? Which one? I don't know. Whatever. Ban Astrolabe so I can play these Theros basics in Legacy. Mm. I agree. 
because I've got I've got really expensive foil lance <laughs> that are collecting dust. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we didn't have any new Patreons this week, but if you want us to say your name, frontwards backwards, look for us on Patreon.com/slash ThirstForCast. Lawrence, you have any closing comments? I, I slept uh, thirty minutes last night and i want to just go to sleep so uh <laughs> yeah all right uh our social media is the same as always twitter.com raceland i am that's me uh, lawrence Harmon is at lawrence Harmon. liz our wonderful great editor is eli the veil and we are at thirst for cast so give us a shout let us know what you think i think it's ellie of the veil but I've never held you to print. Yeah, I've never held you to pronouncing things correctly ever. So, I mean, it looks like Eli. Like that is how you spell Eli, right? I can understand the confusion. You know, there's Eli's in the magic community. There's Ellie's. There's uh, Eli's. There's a lot of failed. Sorry, sorry, Liz. (laughs) She's gonna probably just nuke my whole audio for the. All right, let's get out of here. See everyone.